This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers last minute blues podcast jamie rivers jeff burton donnie fandango uh, in for another fun-filled episode. You never know where we're going to go with this thing. But the Blues uh, preseason games are actually happening. The team is working towards uh, uh, game number one. And it's just it's getting to be my favorite part of the year, boys, because baseball winding up, so you got baseball playoffs, you got football going, and you got the start of the hockey season. Like, as a sports junkie, this is a great time to be alive. And I've been paying so much attention to everything going on with the Blues and all the preseason and everything. I haven't really paid attention. What's going with the Cardinals, anything or yeah, I mean, yeah, like playing better. I last think. I checked, right. they, I mean, it was like, hey, they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to stop paying attention, right? Well, the Fandango bump, like we said last <laughs> week, does indeed work for the Cardinals as well because they haven't lost since we talked last. Historical run of 16 games in a row, dude. It's it's crazy. Huh. And I think it just reminds us all, man, like we don't know as much as we think and anything can happen. Anything can happen. And these dudes run. It's, it's, it's amazing. And it's got to be fun for your guys show in the afternoon on one one. Just so much to talk about. It's so much better. Like it's OK for losses to happen because it gives you content, it gives you something to talk about. Players go through slumps and they, they, then they're playing well. And yeah, but it's really fun when they put together a run like this. Yeah. And, you know, the parallels, a lot of people have been drawing parallels to the 2019 Blues to where it was a really tough year. And then, you know, you had the Sanford-Bortuzzo fight. Things kind of got better after that. The Cardinals were a really tough year. Then you had the Yachty-Ponce de Leon clash in the dugout, and they've been kind of red hot ever since. So it's fun. I, we love talking about it. So many great things to talk about. I, I just I hate all the negative stuff yeah. day in and day out, and it's hard because you got to be honest. You can't just sit there and fluff it up. Yeah, but and, because then you're the Homer guy well, on then, the sports yeah. radio station. Yeah, right. and then all of a sudden your opinion is just like tainted, right? So it is tough, but it's a lot of fun right now to talk about uh, you know, the, the the way the Cardinals are playing. We were in Chicago for the weekend, the fast lane. We went up there with a bunch of uh, our clients and, and sponsors and advertisers and everybody from the sales department. We had a blast, first of all, and second of all, it was great to go to Wrigley wearing the Cardinal red and kind of walking with chest out, you know, and you know, we got behind a little bit, but then we come roaring back again, so it was an amazing weekend. We had a few beverages and a lot of laughs. Shocking on that part. Uh, <laughs> and but, I'm sure they were like sodas and stuff. Yeah, I'd imagine. Seltzer yeah. waters. Yeah, yeah. and it, was, like it was really good timing, and thank Jack you for Daniels. going to Chicago because you went there. Donnie and I got to do a preseason game oh, that's right. on yeah, the radio with Chris Kerber. Guys, how did it go? An actual Blues players on the ice, too. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, here's something that I learned, Jamie. Big-time big learning experience okay. for me. 
when you do not have the on button from the microphone pressed in, it when work. I talk into the microphone, there's there's nothing that they're not going to be able yeah. to hear. Here, hey, let's relive it. Keep talking. Well, I think that was a great play. Blah 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 blah. Oh, oh and then the we both then we both be pointing at his mic. Donnie, hit the button. Hit the button. <laughs> so we were not flawless. That is for sure. No, nah, man. But Kerber is freaking unbelievable. Yeah. And right before we started, he just looked at us and said, do what you do on the podcast. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. And that's what we did, man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that it was not like a pristine listening experience. But, dude, we had an absolute blast doing it. Yeah. Can I tell you guys that I did see the pictures of you guys up in the press box. I was very oh, yeah, proud. Yeah, We asked about the, the outfit. Very proud of your outfit. Fits. Oh, Donnie, good. You Thank did you. stick to the khakis, Jeff. You did opt for the suit jacket as yes, well. Yeah, that was, was a last very... minute decision. Yeah, and a good the one jacket at that. was. Yeah. yeah, the jacket was a last minute decision. And a good decision at that. You look sharp. Did I steer so, you guys right? Yes. Absolutely. So. Yeah, for See, sure. If you'd have showed up in jeans and stuff, you'd have felt a little out of place. Dude, yeah. I would have been embarrassed as hell. It yeah. wouldn't have been feeling a little out of place. I, I would have been you, totally Donnie. embarrassed. I got Remember you. back no in matter high what school. you say about me, Donnie, I got you. Remember the back in high school, the half shirts that were meshed that had a football number on them? I was going to wear one of those. I just had one on the other day. Yes, but you were walking around in a high school. But. To, to say that the broadcast was was, flaw, was, was not flawless, there was a point where I was talking about Dakota Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things about him. Number one, I changed his last name to, to, to Dakota Johnson. Yep. And I said it enough to where both of them were like, uh, it's Joshua. <laughs> like live on the broadcast, which was fantastic. And then, you know, we're talking and I'm trying to, th- you know, throw him a hot take out there. And, and you know, the Blues haven't had that big physical skilled guy for a while since Pat Maroon, I guess, that could, pla- you know, put his butt in front of the net and score some goals, you know, maybe on the power play. And I was like, you know, maybe that's where Dakota is uh, is profiling. And Kerber goes, he will not be playing any power plays. <laughs> no. He was being very delicate. <laughs> It was awesome. And I didn't mean this season. I was just Probably. saying, if he turns into a power forward and he's a big guy, yeah. maybe in front of the net, but no. Jeff, you did a really good no. job of checking a few of those boxes. You know, a big guy, good skater, park himself in front of the net, just not on the power play. Not on the power play. <laughs> that just okay. won't ever and, happen. Okay, right. and then also. But I like the kid. <laughs> I right. do you like too. him. And by the way, real quickly, on The Athletic, the uh, Jeremy Rutherford story on him yeah. and his mom and his brothers, fantastic read. No, no. I, okay, and then there's a few professional things that we need to, 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 to sift through here that I that I screwed up. One, you can't cheer when the Blues score. And that happened with oh, goal number no. one. I didn't cheer, but I started to clap and get up, and then it's like, oh, crap. It wasn't exactly an Ozzie Smith moment when Willie McGee hit the home run but it was close right so then there's that and then also too it is listen i don't i am i am a radio dj on the music side of things and when i am put in that position where i'm going to the bathroom and oh look there's david perron oh look there's Uh Braden shin oh look there's ryan o'reilly that's a big freaking deal to me and it's amazingly exciting even though you know man i did they have to call security no man i I knew how to carry myself yeah i think it was in between periods we were doing the thing with alex and uh, I look over into that adjacent suite, and there's Ryan O'Reilly. He kind of looks at me and gives me a nod in mid-sentence. And I stopped and went, and there's Ryan O'Reilly. Right, right. So working so past that a couple stuff. of fanboy moments. A little oh, bit, yeah. 100%. Hey, as I forget Peron and Ryan O'Reilly, wow, sharp dressers. Oh, 100%. Wow. O'Reilly's a sharp dresser. I haven't wow. seen Perry in a while. Oh, he looked good. He He's was. He had the. On. He had the square, or what is it called? The the. Uh, was it? You wouldn't say plaid. Yeah, it's plaid. A, oh, yeah, is that what it was? It was? He had the plaid going but on. But like man. A, the dark suit yeah. and then a dark tie with it. Dude, it just. I went to sharp. four different Coles looking for one pair of pants. They just went into their closet. <laughs> and went, Let's see. <laughs>
Yeah, that's a, some of the advantages that they do have. Yeah, but I had Kohl's cash. I bet they didn't. No, listen, no, if they I, probably don't require it. Listen, if I have to wear nice, <laughs> nice clothes in the next week, it's going to be that outfit. That exact again. same that's, thing. I mean, that's that's just what I got, man. Donnie that's and I, I went into the parking garage together. I peeled off and parked, and by the time my party was waiting for me, I was like, "Hey, it's the manager at Applebee's waving <laughs> me in, saying my table's wow. ready. <laughs> table for four. Not that uh, he looked table bad. For four. It's just I'd never seen. And I said smoking this on the or show. Not smoking. I'd never, <laughs> I'd never seen him in us in a collared shirt before, I don't believe. And I've known the guy since... I, you know, the last time that we would have done years. that is when our friend Marty got married like 20 some odd years ago. Yeah, that but, could be. I mean, it, it, it would have been. It's just not my uh, not my normal attire. But you know what, though, Jeannie? Like, I... Since, I didn't. I knew that I was not going to react fanboy style on the outside, but on the inside, man, like that's part of one of the reasons. Like this is so cool. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be writing for hockey news. I completely understand that and get it. But just the ability that we got to do that, man, mm-hmm. as a St. Louis kid, I grew up here. I used to bring a tape recorder by the TV to call Cardinal games. So like the fact that we were even they even considered asking us, man, right. was just. Again, a pinch me moment. Okay, so then let's dive into it a little bit here. Let's get your take on the game. You guys are there live and in person. You're doing your best broadcasting stuff. Give me your take. Who looked good? What did you like? What did you not like? I mean, our listeners right now, they want to know. Let you me, guys had oh first God, That was knowledge. Saturday. I don't remember. Dude, let me, I, I, I know where I want to start. Yeah, go for it. it. That, that all of the nasty and gnarly things that I've said about Brandon Sod, I'm probably going to take back a couple days into the season yeah. because that cat was all over the place on Saturday. And obviously I know that he's playing against guys that aren't as skilled as he is and might not be in the league and that sort of thing. But like you can just tell that that dude puts himself in a position to help the play on whatever side of the ice that he's in. Always seems to be in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And and that to me was was super apparent. And then also my man crush on uh, D- on Dakota Joshua just yeah. keeps getting greater. Yeah. I love I love that Dakota plays, but man. since he changed his last name from Johnson to Joshua, I just I don't get <laughs> You're more of a Johnson guy. <laughs> and another, hey, 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 you're getting the pregame notes, aren't you? Um, and, and here's another thing that I, I met you. And here's another thing that I've loved on the, on the, on the Brandon Sod thing. And this is, I don't know, man, I just think about things too much, I guess, but he's number 20. Mm-hmm. And we know our friend Alexander Steen was number 20. Yeah. And, and you were as well. I mean, let's yes. get it right here, There's Jeff. A handful of years in between there, mm-hmm. but yes. And 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 Steen has recently stopped playing over what was it two years ago something like this is beginning this, of last season yeah beginning of last season so even more to my point and I'm the guy that's like it's weird to see somebody else out there skating around with that number so quickly because he was so loved and everything on cue he scores a goal yeah Saad did and I was like hey where whatever like number you number want twenty who, that ever wore all it. right okay. <laughs> Myself, I mean. Adam Creighton. <laughs> Adam Creighton. 20's oh, got a man. few goals left in it is what you're saying, right? <laughs> it better. Uh, who was, what was the the other goalie's name? Was it Ling, uh, Li, uh, Lindgren? Lindgren. Uh, Lindgren or yeah. Lindbergh or guy, something yeah. along those lines? The, the, the guy whose the last name wasn't Huso Saturday night. Yeah. That guy. I, I noticed him making adjustments because he got scored on from really deep inside his own net. And after that, however long he played after that, he was at the top of the blue immediately. So I, my question to you is during those games, are they, are they coaching them quote unquote during those games? Oh, absolutely. I saw from way up there and me knowing nothing. I saw that adjustment. There'll be, it won't be so much like in period coaching, 
But that goalie, more than likely, a lot of the kids these days, they go and they grab the video. In between the intermission, they'll pull out the iPad, they'll look and be like, oh, my God, what was I doing there? I'm way too deep in my net. I needed top of the paint. And then David Alexander, who is the goalie coach for the Blues, probably get in his ear and say, hey, look, man, a little more aggressive here. You know, stay under control, though. And so, yes, adjustments are made throughout the game for sure. And it wasn't just uh, James Neal Saturday night, but, I mean, my gosh, everybody's like, sign him, sign him. He, he looked fantastic. Well, I mean, he, he was all over the place doing the work that he needs to do to, to make the team. But also, one thing I wanted to say again about Saad, Saad and Thomas together yes. looked absolutely yeah. outstanding. I, I think Saad's laddie look on that line. I thought he looked fantastic. I really because did. Because that's the pairings that I, like, Doug, we had Army on yesterday you on the fast so? lane. And Army talks about pairings, right? Not defense pairings, but pairs on the forward line. So you have two guys that would be your your centerpieces, and then you have the other fluctuating winger on the other side, whoever it is. And, you know, so we looked at Thomas and Tarasenko as a pairing for the third line because you got Thomas, who's a very good puck distributor, and you got Vladdy Tarasenko, who's obviously supposed to be a finisher. And so I was anxious to see how that combination looked. And then throwing Brandon Sod on the other wing – is fantastic. I don't think you'll see that in the regular season. I think Sada will play higher up in the lineup, mm-hmm. but still, nonetheless, just curious as to what you guys thought. I, I'm I'm going to say this, and, and I very much know that I'm going to be shot down for expectations by Jamie, and that's okay, probably. But I don't remember. I mean, I remember seeing Vladdy out there and playing with that line, but dude, he wasn't doing the work that Thomas and Sod were doing to 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 get in, you know, to to make plays and things. I mean, at least I didn't see that way. I, I would I'm have to look. I'm not trying to crap see. on the guy first. No, foremost, crap but, on him. It, it works. No, I don't think you should. No, but, I'm but, joking. But I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like he. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like that two thirds of that line. It was visible that they were busting their ass, and I don't know that it was as visible that I, he was. But is I it saw ever him, visible? Uh, even when he's at his best, is it ever truly visible? Very true. No, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Like a lot of times, those goal scorer type guys, uh, they work smart. Part of the time, rather than working hard, dumb. You're right, and and this may be an issue with the guy. I mean, he's a longtime professional, so I'm hoping that he doesn't fall into this trap. But when I said I thought he played well, I remember him diving after a puck to try to sweep it. I think maybe out of the zone, out of the blue zone. I remember him throwing a couple of checks. I remember him skating very fast to get to a puck that was next to the boards and hitting somebody. But that's not what you – those things are not Vladdy things. No, but those are the ancillary things you want to see from Okay, Vladdy. good. I'm glad to hear you say that because I'm afraid that the guy is going to go, oh, I need to prove myself and improve himself in areas where he, we don't want him to prove. No, look, this is going to be a process for all the veteran guys because you get back in your first preseason game. You have to proceed with caution a little bit. You don't want to get hurt out there. We talked about that on our last podcast. You don't want to be too crazy out there with your preseason games. But – you know, a guy like Vladdy, I think that the number one thing that we want to see from him is the extra stuff. We know he can shoot. We know he can skate. We know he's 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 scored 40 goals once before. He's been a 20-goal scorer, a 30-goal scorer. He has that ability. What I think that Craig Berube would like to see is more of an all-out effort all the time. And to your point, Donnie, earlier, about, nah, you know, I wasn't sure. So maybe he has to continue to work on that. Now, it doesn't mean he goes out there and tries to run around and kill guys with body checks because that will never be his game. No, But competing for 50-50 pucks, maybe outlegging a guy to retrieve a puck, maybe chipping a puck out of the zone in order to be more sound defensively, these are little things that can help Vladdy turn into a better all-around player. Okay, so everything that I just described is a positive thing that he was doing. I think doing it is, yeah. Things. I don't okay. see that as a negative at all. Those things all sound like um, elements of effort. 
And if he's doing that, then, you know, at least his head's in the right space. And if he competes that hard with little things that we don't really consider to be flatty things, imagine you're hoping at least that when it comes to flatty things, he's competing twice as hard. Right. Now, can we jump off of actual hockey since we talked about our broadcast debut, I would like to talk about the fact that he's you're going to be doing a lot of ballet stuff this year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. So what exactly are you going to be doing? Well, as you know, I've been in the bullpen for about eight years now and uh, been used throughout the season, spot duty, and then almost full-time in the playoffs, and in particular the 2019 Stanley Cup run. That was a lot of fun. Oh, the way you were breaking down stuff, it was fantastic. It was yeah. a lot of fun yeah. being a part of that. Um, and. So this year, they're looking to expand the coverage a little bit. They're going to have me, uh, with Darren Pang, signing a deal with TNT to bring national coverage to uh, viewers across the country internationally. He won't be able to be at every game for the Blues. And so when Panger's not there, I'll be stepping into Panger's shoes, although my shoes are a little bit bigger than Panger's. Um, Right. But I'll be stepping into Panger's spot and doing the in-game analysis or between the benches or whatever, wherever they want me to be. Uh, and then there'll be other times where it'll be Bernie maybe is not working. I'll step in there. And there'll be other times where it's three guys at the desk. It'll be the host, Bernie, and myself. Should be a lot more games this year. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. I'm really That's excited, great, by the man. way, on this whole TNT, ESPN. Like, I, I am very much happy that, that hockey is back with, with the worldwide leader, even if it just gets the profile up for the sport a bit in the United States. I just want more people to love the it's what we push, love, man. It's going to push everybody to cover the game better, right? Because I'm already thinking about how we can bring a better product to Bally Sports Midwest, which... Everybody does a fantastic job, but what can I bring to the broadcast? Because I know TNT and ESPN are going to be bringing all the whistles and bells. They've got all the telestrators and the video angles and all the guys that are going to break it down. And Hall of Famers, you know, we got Wayne Gretzky going to be on TNT. So what can we do here regionally to up the game a little bit? And so we've talked about a few ideas. And certainly breaking down film or certain plays or certain players is a strength of mine. So we're going to try and bring that into things this year. We did a little bit last year. We called it the film room where mm-hmm. we broke down certain things and, and situations. So, look, I think it's going to push everybody to elevate their game, which if we bring better coverage overall to the sport of hockey, it means more fans. It means more people watching it, and that's a win for everybody. Dude, congratulations. I know you're just going to knock it out of the park. You're so that. good yeah, at it. Yeah, and so, I'm not, yeah. I wish I could just be blowing smoke. Yeah. But, dude, I remember that year, the Stanley Cup year, and watching him break down plays going – Oh crap! Yeah. That makes sense to me, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in a, in a, I'm serious in, in a way that like I never looked at it before, and it's very much helped. We talk about it all the time that it's helped our hockey watching, man. But oh, you're yeah. really goddamn good at that, dude. I appreciate it. I love doing it. The people down at Bally Sports Midwest are awesome. Like you talk about good teammates, right? And, and Scotty Warman is fantastic. Bernie's fantastic. Panger, J.K. But the whole crew behind the camera on the set, the producers. All that stuff. The guys that Alan Stout that helps me break down all the video. He does all the work with the Telestrator to set it up so that I can bring it to you know the actual TV the right way. It takes an entire village to make it work, and it's a lot of fun doing it. Man, oh man. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. When Do you know when your first game is yet? No, not yet. We're still sorting out the schedule for everybody, but I would imagine that opening night would probably be that would make sense, the first right? one to yeah. kind of introduce everybody for the season and kind of go from there. You got to get a different size suit this year. Yeah, don't you? I've been I've been going through. I actually went through my closet and 
man, I got a lot of I got a lot of money to spend coming up here because the the fat suits aren't fitting anymore. <laughs> I, I think, look like uh, uh, Tom Hanks in the movie Big. <laughs> I think I still have some Coles cash if you need it. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? That's a good friend. It's in play. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Even with the TV money, he still needs Coles cash. <laughs> but it's Jamie Rivers' TV money, hey, not uh, Darren paying TV money. Break, okay, uh, Mr. Analyst, and break down. What's the name of the guy that scored the game winner last night? Is it Honest? Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's a tricky one, Jeff. It sure is. It that's, sure uh, is. I'm glad yeah. that I wasn't on the call for that one because... Um, <laughs> I would have giggled. No doubt about it. I said it yesterday, and, and Brad Thompson just about spit out his drink. <laughs> yeah. so Which it, would have been a waste of alcohol, I'm sure. Yeah, it was during the show, so it probably was. Duh, um, yeah. Yeah, Annis is what Annis, I think Annis. it is. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah I think that's what it is. Uh, nice goal by him, but I was most impressed last night with Perunovic. Oh, my gosh. The moving of the puck with this guy is ridiculous, It's pretty man. incredible to watch him on the power play, specifically the very first goal by Buchnevich, where they're moving the puck along, and Scotty Perunovic comes up with the fake one-timer, doesn't stop the puck, keeps it in motion to Braden Shen, who takes a one-timer, breaks his stick at right. the same time, but whatever the case... It created offense, and then Pavel Buchnevich, who's in front of the net where he should be. How many times last year could we have used that guy standing in front of the net collecting the garbage, the free goals that we talk about all the time? Because that's a broken play. Should never have really kind of got in, but he's standing in front of the net, so he reaps the reward of being there. I just was really impressed with Perunovic. He had a couple of really great plays throughout the game. Another great play on the overtime winner. So he had two helpers last night. In the victory, is a two to one game, and Perunovic had two helpers. Anis had the uh, the game winner. Buchnevich had the first goal of the game, and then Bennington and, and Hofer, they kind of locked it down for the game. So who's shaking in their skates right now because he's doing so well defensively wise? Like who's, well, whose roster spot might be in jeopardy? Well, I think initially you think of guys like Jake Wallman. You know, you think of a guy who is not a big guy, skates well, moves the puck well, all that. Well, Perunovic does the same kind of things now. I do think that Jake Wallman has a little bit of an advantage because he has spent his time in the minors. He's developed, and he had a good season last year. He handled big minutes at some times and was a big part of the Blues being able to uh, make the playoffs because they were so depleted with injuries, and Jake Wallman stepped up. So I think he has a bit of an advantage there. Ultimately, I'm anxious to see where where everything goes because you kind of have another Tory Krug. You kind of do, because Scott Perunovich profiles to be just like that. And so I'd be anxious to see what Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong feel about their roster. Maybe not right now. Like It's not like I'm saying that he's a threat to anybody or anything like that. But what it does is I, I flip it the other way and go, man, what an advantage it is for Doug Armstrong and the Blues and Craig Berube to have another guy that can provide that kind of puck movement, the the, the smarts, the vision, making all those plays. So what if you did have a world where you had both of those guys in your lineup on the left side? And what if you did have a world where Perunovic and Krug played on the same power play unit? It could be incredible. Mm -hmm. So instead of worrying about somebody who's at risk, I look at it as, man, look what we can add to this lineup. And yes, somebody's always at risk. When somebody comes up and, and earns a spot, somebody loses a spot. And it's up to you to play better and make sure you're not that guy. Okay, so you had Doug Armstrong on the show yesterday on the fast lane, right? Yes. Okay, and one of the things that you guys talked about was the forward grouping getting bigger Mm -hmm. physically, right? Yes, he made a point of uh, doubling down on that. Okay, so talk to me about that, Jamie. Does that 
lessen the need for maybe a big, sturdy defenseman that I have been, you know, kind of chirping about since last year? Or does that kind of make up the difference a little bit? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think what we have to do is we got to dive into the decor a little bit here. Yes, Krug and Falk are not big guys. Pareko's a big guy. Scandella's a big guy. Bortuzzo's a big guy. Mikola's a big guy. You have four guys that are 6'3 or taller and that are big dudes and that are willing to, you know, engage. Pareko, not as physical as I'd like him to be. I'd like to have that guy in the locker room and just hit him with a taser before he goes out there and just piss him off so much. Yeah, just let him smell some red meat and whatever say, get it out is, there. just to just get after it a little bit, right? Um, but nonetheless, he, he, which by the way doesn't feel good. Um, Tased myself one time. That wasn't a very good idea. Uh, Tony Twist tased me one time, and that was not fun. Yeah, Soupy I was, and I I was were, live uh, on the radio. By the way, at Jimmy the time. Campbell and I were in my apartment downtown, and I had this taser that a guy sent me. And I was like, you turn on, it's like, Psss. I'm like, hmm, I'm like, it can't be that bad, right? We'd had a couple of Jack Daniels, I think. And I was like, I wonder what this feels like. I, like uh, yeah! I like hit the ground. <laughs> Soupy's like, you, you all right? I'm like, I think so. Why'd you let me do that? And I had little <laughs> burn marks. On him. <laughs> How about you? I was right on my chest. Like, don't pick a leg. Don't right, pick yeah, an arm. Don't, yeah, between your yeah. toes, something like that. So, anyways, I imagine that would spark Colton Pareko a little bit. But my point <laughs> is, is that Scandell has the ability to play a little bit more aggressive. Bortuzzo, as much as he brings some of that sandpaper, we need more. We need more from Bortz on the physical side. And Mikola... He, I think this guy is just waiting to unleash the, the beast inside of him. He had a fight last year. He played aggressive. He loves to cross-check guys and give it to guys. Uh, I think last night, again, he was mixing it up. Looked like he was going to go with somebody again. It's coming around. And the kid's going to get more confidence. He's 6'7". So if he grabs somebody and tunes him in. you know. So to your point, Donnie, maybe you don't need to go and address it. I think ideally it would be nice to have something. But maybe you don't necessarily have to address it. Uh, and the forward group being bigger, well, that's going to give you some more options in the offensive zone. I look more on the offensive side where we can protect the puck and play that Craig Berube, that 2019 Blues-style game where you're cycling the puck, you're dragging along the wall, you're making tight plays in at the net. You're able to physically dominate teams and wear them down because you're big. It, it was incredible to see that team, to see the other team in 2019. Yeah, you, The difference between the first period and the third period – noticeable, man. You could just You could see it. Halfway through the second period, you could see the momentum changing. It's just because teams got tired out, man. Yeah, and I would remember Eric Carlson specifically, and I know that he was banged up in that series, but I just remember. Yeah, why was he banged up? Because we were beating the Jesus out of him. Because beat the wheels off him, right? Yeah. That's absolutely. why he couldn't move anymore. But I just remember, <laughs> the like. smile on his face I just remember that. him getting hit and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, getting up so slow and just looking like, God, I don't want to do this. And at that point, I was like, we got him. Yeah. We got him. 100%. When you got somebody who physically has a reaction to being just run over, you're winning at that point. <laughs> Dude, we you're, had, like, you're like the Pat Maroon. You're bleeped. Yeah, right. Uh, we haven't talked for at least three minutes about the fact that Donnie and I helped out on the broadcast Saturday <laughs> night uh, with Chris Kerber on 101 ESPN. Can you, uh, is there anywhere they can go back and download the game, Jeff? It's very possible. Really, very possible. I mean, I want you to tickle as many eardrums as possible. <laughs> so glad he said eardrums. Um, during that time, and I think it may have been in between the periods. I'm not real sure. I was super, super, super drunk the entire time. Joking. Uh, but Kerber brought up the rule change about the cross-check. And you just brought up the cross-check. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mikola. Uh, Mikola. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, do you think that's going to really, really, really affect people like him and others? Because Chris made it sound like 
it could really be a game changer, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I thought, so. he, I thought he was. It will be if they call it. So remember how that works, right? Like every year they have these new rules or they tweak something or they're going to be way more aggressive on it. And they are for like 10, 15 games. And then they realize that this is a bit of a ish show out here. All we're doing is power plays back and right, forth. Right, yeah. They're affecting the game too much. Way too yeah. much. And so then they'll back off a little bit and see. I see the cross checks that go on and some of the cross checks that go on. I'm like, that would have. That would have got you punched in the face. Like, somebody would have turned and be like, we're done with this. Yeah. And to watch it go and then it goes uncalled, it's like the cross-check has become the new thing, and it's it's wild to watch it. Like, we used to have a – it used to be a piñata fest in front of the net where you would cross-check guys and slash them and hack them and do whatever, break a stick a game on, like, big wall trying to move that that body in front of the net. You'd have to do something crazy. But the game changed, right? And now they're gone back to this little like little cross checks everywhere, and guys are getting hurt. So I don't know. Either let the guys play, and if the guy's going to cross check, then he's got to kind of answer the bell mm-hmm. or call it. I, I already know how this is going to work. <laughs> We're going to see the first two months of the year. There's going to be ten goddamn power plays in every single game, and then all of a sudden they're going to stop. Play better be good then. They're they're going to stop calling it, and then at some point later in the year. It's going to start popping up more. It just it drives me. It's going to be a thing all year long. It just drives me crazy how it feels like sometimes when I'm watching these games, I don't know the goddamn rules when I know I know the goddamn rules. Yeah, referees don't either. That's the thing. Is you get here's the problem, right? You got two referees on the ice. Both of them have a different version of what they're watching. So now you have the inner struggle of two referees on the ice. Who's calling what? And then you don't have a feel for the game. Creates a lot of frustration. But then. Tomorrow night, you get two different guys who think differently. And so you have this constant, like, guessing game of what you can do, what you can't do. And that's where guys get frustrated. That's where coaches lose their mind. I would bet. That's where the unsportsmanlike comes. That's where the throwing out of games gets started because you're so dang frustrated that you don't even know what the heck the rule is anymore. And the referees are looking at you going, I don't really know either. I've just been calling it this way. Now, I know when you go and, you know, pair up with another team, you have different refs each time. But do those those refs travel together? Are no. they a team the entire Mm-mm. season? No, no, no. That's it's all over the map. You get different partners all the time, and I, I think they do that on purpose to make sure that if there's two guys that are not good together, that you don't consistently get the two guys that are not good together. Yeah, or that they have conflicting referees. Maybe you don't get those guys, so the game isn't an absolute disaster out there. I don't really know how they evaluate the referees overall. I do know that they do. I do know that they pay attention and they do have a rating system and they do talk to coaches and teams and general managers and they they do try to put the best refereeing possible on the ice and they do a good job. They do. The game is fast, man. I was going to say, the The disclaimer here is always it's got to be the toughest sport to officiate, right? The game is faster than ever right now. You have guys flying around out there and there's sticks, there's pucks, there's elbows, there's hands, there's fists. Like It's craziness. So they do a good job. Now, could they be a little more consistent at times? Yeah. And you know, maybe more on top of it, maybe more communication. That's where – so the Tim Peel thing that happened last year, as unfortunate as it was, it it frustrated me because you, find, you still had a guy that was willing to at least communicate. Whether he said, oh, you know what, I don't care, I just evened it up because of that crappy call earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe he shouldn't have said that, but that's really how it works. Whether I mean, he says it or not, that's what they're doing out there. We see it. Right, yeah. I mean, we see it lay out in but front of us. wouldn't you rather have somebody tell you? Yeah. And, like, if I'm getting a penalty, I'd rather have the ref skate up to me and say, hey, listen, man, 
You can't do that. I gave you the first two cross checks. The third one, I was yelling at you. You did it anyways. Get in the box, man. Right. Quit right. being a yeah. dummy. You, you know better. Yeah. But but it almost seems like the the official, like Tim Peel, is kind of the the official that the game is lacking right now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The new guys won't talk, but now they won't talk. Like last year, after the Tim Peel situation, players were going up to refs, and refs would just sit back. I wouldn't say a word because they're like, we don't know where the mics are. We're not talking. So that's where we've gotten now is frustration levels are going up because you don't understand what the calls are or, or the consistency. And the referee can't really explain truthfully what's going on because of the fear factor of what if I'm on a hot mic right now? What if somebody hears this? I, I'd rather keep my job. Thanks. So, so Jamie, back in the day, would, 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 you know, Andy Van Helman or whatever, would he skate by the bench if you got a penalty or didn't get a penalty and explain exactly like Tim Peel did just off mic. Oh, the referees just skate up once a period and stand by the bench and talk to the players and the coach and be like, okay, guys, what just happened down in the corner there? I let that go this time. But if you continue to slash that guy, you spear him again. I saw it. I'm calling you. A coach, I'm going to call it the rest of the night, man. So, you know, There's your warning. tighten it up. Or if there was a call that he made. You forced me. You forced me to do it. I told you in the first period not to do it. Now you did it in the second period. Stop. Just quit your crying. Get in the box. Like it, it was very clear. I used to love the referees, Carrie Fraser, Koharski, all these people that people kind of didn't like, right? Oh, yeah. Well, they're the referee. I hate them just because I knew their name. Yeah. Right. But they were awesome dudes and they talked to you. And the linesmen, those guys would save your life sometimes because there was stuff that was going on. And you'd end up in a scrum, and like I'm Bob Probert grabbing me by the face one time, and then all of a sudden the linesmen are there breaking up because you're a good dude, right? You're not just yelling at these guys all the time. Like, yeah, that's a bit of a mismatch. We might want to go save his life right now. <laughs> oh, so you're a jerk to the to the ref, and you get into it with Probert, and they're like, yeah, let it go, let it Ooh. go. Oh, yeah. the one of the best things, Ray Scampanell, Scampy, who was awesome, little ball headed dude way back in the day. They didn't wear helmets. He was tough as nails, and Scampy used to tell the guys all the time, don't. Don't piss me off because if you do, you know what I'm going to say, right? Let them go. Mm-hmm. And so that's the truth. Like some of the guys that would have, you know, balls the size of church bells when the referees are in there. And then when they'd end up in the scrum, you know, and the referees in there, all of a sudden Scampy would be like, oh, that's the little puke earlier that was, yep, 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 yep. Let them go. And the <laughs> referees would stand back. And then that player would be like, oh, crap. Oh, but, boy, but, it's but coming to, back. But to me, man, that – and it's something that you've talked about before, master the obvious statement, but it feels like they were policing the games themselves as opposed to having to have a million penalties called and the officials policing the game. Is that making sense? It was sense? a bit of both. It okay. was a bit of both. You know, the players did police it and it did get out of control at times, but that's where you needed a an alpha ref that could step in, call out all the you-know-what, and be like, we're going to reset this thing here. Both teams are getting penalties right now. You'll play four on four. If you keep this up, I'm going to start putting power plays on the board. Wow. Damn. You ready to go yet? Right, ready to go? Are we going to fight? No, no, no. Oh, I don't want to do I don't no. want to do that. I was like, this is great. No, no it's not. I'm, saying, I'm going to go ready to go play. for hockey is what I'm oh, talking dude, about. I'm, I, I was dude, a little confused there, Jeff. I was ready in My July. Apologies. Like, I, like when, once the Stanley Cup finals were over, I have just been like so excited for this for this to happen, and then you know the moves from. I just am really excited. What did you guys think game. of Huso the other night? I thought he I thought he looked fine. I, I don't remember going. Oh my gosh! But I I, I don't I remember him fine. having a lot of chances. Really, yeah, there's that. I, I didn't remember. That's usually good. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't remember yeah. there being a ton of, of good chances. And before we get out of here, a shout out to Bennington's mask. Everybody see that? Yeah, the Grant Fuhrer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the Grant Fuhrer uh, keys on it. Get I love a, that too, oh, man. man. And Grant Fuhrer is a really good follow on social media, by the way. I got to do that. I have yeah. not, and it's I have pretty not. Pretty much all golf, but still. A lot of golf, a lot <laughs> yeah. of his. A uh, lot of charitable work. Yeah, a lot of charitable work. Fuhrer's, yeah. he's an awesome dude. He, really I he was his a book. huge help for a young defenseman coming in the league. He was a huge help to keep mm-hmm. you calm. Like, so many goalies would be pissed if you made a bad play and make you feel like, oh, boy, you know. Fears he would just talk to you and laugh and giggle. And sometimes, you know, you'd get burned. A guy would score and be like, well, ah, I probably should have had that one. You know what? I was around him twice. One time well after he retired. It was a little, a little while ago here, remember? Yeah. And then a million years ago when he was still playing, he and I did a remote together. You know, like a come meet Grant Fear yeah. and – Jeff's over here broadcasting live, and I he's talked about himself and his career and answered questions about his greatness, and he never says I. He always literally says the word we. Mm. Hey, man, great career. Yeah, we did pretty good. You know, that's what he says, and that's, to me, that says a lot Can about Can I tell a you a funny story about Grant Fuhrer here real know, quickly? Okay, so obviously Grant Fuhrer, if you read his book, you see the movie Making Coco, all that stuff, right? He talks about drug problems mm-hmm. that he had, and specifically in the 80s with the Oilers and whatnot. He, he had a cocaine addiction. And so the very first time that I met Grant Fuhrer here in St. Louis when he signed with the Blues, I came into camp. It's pretty exciting. You know, we have a number of really good players, but now I got Grant Fuhrer, a guy who grew up watching play incredible goalie for the Edmonton Oilers. So you walk up and I'm introduce myself. Hey, Grant, Jamie Rivers, nice to meet you. And oh, yeah, great to see you, kid, you know, all this stuff. And then I'm like, hey, man, I was a, a huge fan of yours with the Oilers, man. You guys were you you guys were fantastic. You were you were exceptional, man. You were you're unbelievable. He goes, yeah, that's what they tell me. <laughs> I'm telling and you, it man. It would be hilarious because he was acting like he couldn't remember it, you know. And <laughs> so it was funny. And then he had some incredible, incredible Stanley Cup stories to oh, where the one where they won the cup and they had uh, beverages and whatever else, you know, and Grant Fuhr woke up in Hawaii. Huh. Yeah, he basically had gotten on a flight or something when he was impaired and they traveled all the way to Hawaii and he woke up and he was in Hawaii and couldn't remember how to get there. That's not a puddle jumper to Chicago from <laughs> no, here, right? by the way. That's a handful of hours. Yes. yes. Wow. Pretty incredible wow. stuff. So I've lost some time before, but not a flight to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And he didn't Grant. have anything with him, apparently, just the clothes that he had on his back. So. Uh, Dude, I got to get that book. I have absolutely got to get that book. Well, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, it was great to uh, to chat. Uh, this absolutely. was a lot of fun, as yeah. it, it uh, tends to be. Let's do it next week. What All do right. you say? I'm, I'm in. All right, very good. Yep. Last Minute Blues podcast, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango from 105.7 The Point, former Blues defenseman, Jamie Rivers, teammate down at 101 ESPN. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Let's go, Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.